This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. It's something for the weekend time where we skip into the weekend knowing that Aston Villa aren't playing on the weekend. Beautiful. And then they're not playing for a, ooh, two weeks. This is a great time <laughs> in our lives. <laughs> Joining me to discuss the Saints game, Mr. Chris Bird, welcome. Hello, how are you? Not too bad, but uh, the show's in a bit of a precarious situation here because it's something for the weekend and we're not actually playing uh, on the weekend. With that in mind, uh, this show's going to be a bit shorter. We'd, normally, uh, we start the show with a Villa Minute, but uh, our sponsors uh, this week, Casio, haven't actually sent the watches through. So uh, I don't think we couldn't, ca- couldn't count a minute if we wanted to. And it's not going to take a minute to sum up uh, what happened at Villa Park. Uh, you can say it in one word, can't you? So, Chris, what's the word? Shit. That'll do. <laughs> for fans of uh, Villa Minutes, don't worry, it will be back. We normally just use uh, something for the weekend just to react to uh, the Dean Smith's press conference and uh, catch up in anything that's happened uh, since we last spoke. First up, the injury news. Uh, who, who was right? Was it one of the local press? I, I can't remember. Who wrote that Jacob Ramsey would be out for six weeks? He definitely did the rounds. Yeah, I definitely, definitely I just definitely remember rounds. seeing it. But anyway, he's available, so uh, no problems there. Morgan Sanson, uh, Jaden Philippine bidas uh, also back training. Uh, I think Morgan Sanson's a 50-50 in terms of uh, starting. Uh, I think he, they need to start getting him in because... Because uh, there was something in the Guardian, uh, I think it was that who scored guy writing uh, about one uh, bollock that Villa dropped was not getting in a defensive midfielder, and uh, there's no bite to the midfield, and that was a big mistake. Well, actually, they got in Morgan Sanson. This this article failed to mention him at all. Who was originally valued at twenty five million, apparently. So he clearly isn't a bad player. Thirty million yeah. in some, but I mean, thirty million seems to be an unlucky number for uh, for Villa's uh, acquisitions. Players. But well, luckily it was about you know, fourteen, sixteen. 16, whatever it was. 
But, uh, you know, Morgan Sanson quotes at the time were saying, you know, I'm a warrior. I like this team spirit. And Grealish was saying in his interviews that uh, Sanson had been brought in to add some bite to the midfield. So this is the kind of guy that fits the bill of exactly what Villa need at this moment. Do you mean? Did you mean a warrior or a worrier? Well, yeah, that's a good point. Because he's definitely a worrier with his injury record and he's definitely not much of a warrior at the moment. <laughs> that is a problem, yeah. I think you've hit it on the, the nail on the head there. So if he was, as it said on the package or the tin, then uh, I think we're in a we're, we're okay. But that's the problem. He's, he has not uh, been fit. Now, uh, I mean, that's a conversation for another day, but, but hopefully uh, he can get back because if he is close to you know what we're expecting from him adding a bit of bite in midfield and let's say being an all-round box-to-box this could be important in terms of the balance in the midfield in terms of getting the best out of Buendia because suddenly you could put like Sanson alongside I don't know Louise and then play uh, as kind of two deeper sitters or more let's say central and Buendia ahead of them and then you wide men I mean maybe McGinn doesn't have a part to play in a well-balanced filler team to get the best out of you, Bailey, Buendia. I mean, that's, an, that's uh, maybe a conversation for another day. Well, there's certainly going to be, at some point, I'm sure, in the, in the relatively not-too-distant future, there's going to be a high-profile casualty. Yeah, because uh, this team, uh, what once players are fit, your best 11 players won't necessarily be playing no, your best starting no. eleven, and that is the uh, conundrum Smith has to solve, and obviously has to solve uh, with a little bit of uh, urgency, considering uh, the uh, consecutive losses are starting to uh, mount up. Uh, the other news: uh, Ings, Douglas Louise, and Bertrand Traore are still out. Conza will miss the game. His appeal uh, to his red card has been upheld, so uh, he is suspended. Still a bit, a bit kind of dubious. He injuries on the, you know, is there any COVID-related uh, absence there? I, I don't know because there seemed to be a bit. Uh, they mentioned Danny Ings has got a soft tissue injury, but then he often has. I mean, if you were a Southampton fan, you'd have probably guessed that he wouldn't be in, like fit to play against you the following season. But <laughs> Louise and Traore are a bit of a, a bit of a strange one for me. Yeah, but uh, definitely, uh, I mean, Ings, Louise, uh, Traore, potential, and Conza would have probably all started against the Saints. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's more mitigating circumstances, but it's one of those games where you're going to get something uh, just to stop the rot. Agreed. Personally, from my my little bubble. I, I don't even think the, the Smith out conversation is a conversation at this moment in time. Nothing, it's no. like you're going through bad form. This happens. It's an adversity. You might have kind of pulled together. And uh, you know, we've just seen all these fuckers break rank and trying to throw him under the bus straight away. It's like, what exactly are you hoping for here? I mean, if you know, if he goes, uh, if we don't win for another five games or whatever, then, you know, fair enough. There's big question marks especially uh, at the end of this month. Uh. And, the, and the, this sort of thing, that, oh, Smith's under pressure. Well, he should be under pressure because the players are as well at all times because they should with the expectations and the level that they want to be at and the levels that they've hit previously. They should be under pressure, but there's a lot of players at different clubs that are under pressure. You just you have to deal with it. I don't know why people take credence from uh, social media, especially Twitter. Like nameless people make comments, and the local press make articles out of them. You know, who are these bums making these some of these comments? I mean, it's it's not as if their qualifications justify any validity to these comments that you would actually make articles out of them. It's all a uh, 
don't know, it's like a poison merry-go-round. Uh, if uh, a player has a bad game and there's all these uh, tweets about him, giving him shit, then you know these outlets put out these posts just using all the tweets saying, basically creating hate articles which get parroted. It's all very toxic. And uh, the Smith pressure thing starts the cottage uh, industry of articles that, you know, I've been reading some of these articles. They've taken zero context. They don't know the full picture, especially some of these national articles that are just judging it from afar it's like oh uh yeah uh smith's lost villa have lost four games you better write the uh, pressure on smith article and if he loses a fifth his job's going to be under review like you wouldn't have a review anyway you know it's it's a continual thing uh it's not as if they uh Purcellow and smith have never spoken to each other for six months and they go oh it's time for your review it's a continual thing and uh, an international break is ob- an obvious uh if you've lost five games on the trot, you're obviously going to talk about the way forward. And personally, I would know that you know if if you get rid of a you know your, your talisman, you take away two key members of coaching staff, bring in a load of new players, and change the system. There aren't too many clubs where that's just going to click straight away. If it clicks straight away, it's a fucking bonus, isn't it? Yeah, it's like this isn't like a masterstroke. This is a big overhaul. Again, bearing in mind, we've probably had big transitional seasons, three in the last four, maybe four of the last five. It was, it was only really last year we didn't. Yeah, and on the pod we've said, I mean, we said at the very start, we expect to have a better cl- second half of the season because of uh, what's been happening uh, in pre-season. Uh, COVID has called off two uh, pre-season games. I mean, the, the going into the season, it was uh, big, que- big question marks because it was shambolic. And then there was injuries and then there was people bought who were injured when we bought them like uh, Liam Bailey and uh, needed pre-seasons under the belt so and then there's the international break picture that's broken up all your progress every three or four weeks so uh, am I sitting here surprised that Villa have had a rocky start no so that's why I'm not uh, jumping to this gun where it says oh Smith out and then you're like well here's Newcastle with Multi, 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 you know, the richest team in the league. Hundreds of billions. Richest team in the league, and they can't even find a decent manager swiftly. So this, you know, what I don't understand the situation here. What what do these people who want Smith out straight away are expecting? What is the best case scenario? Who, who are they expecting to come in and change everything? And how are they going to deal with the same situation of injuries and, you know, let's, yeah, let's, let's make loads of transition. And then when it's not quite working, let's make an even bigger transition and overhaul the whole thing. Yeah. Good one. And so, some prick in the Daily Mail writes something about Fonseca, like some dreadful random manager who has uh, jumped from club to club. He's, you know, he's, he's the equivalent of a mercenary chap. He's not somebody who's had like a good five or six seasons, made his name somewhere, and then he's trading on the back of that. I mean, he ended up in Russia uh, Russia to, uh, you know, pick up a paycheck, and that's his longest spell. Everywhere else, it's, it's almost like just one year and then he's out. So if that is your answer to this problem, then you really haven't got a fucking clue. And uh, it's just... People's perceptions on football are, are almost like they've learned everything from playing football manager. And uh, when you see the local press, you know, some of their output is playing football manager. I mean, it's there's no surprise. So uh, I, I don't understand uh, how you can't be of a certain age and look to see what we've actually been through as Villa supporters in recent times. And then, and then learn from it. Yeah, Alex McLeish, <laughs> nobody really wanted him in. But once he was in, they gave him a fair crack of the whip. He was never going to get any honeymoon period or anything. But they saw it out longer until the end of the season. Same with Lambert. I mean, we went through, I was going to say hell and back, but we went through hell, stayed in hell, and then went through some more hell. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally decided to get out of hell yeah. and went to the depths of hell. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if there is a bottom to hell. <laughs> 
the first manager that's actually been decent for you for a decade. You don't just sack him straight away after like uh, four losses and there's plenty of mitigating circumstances. And then maybe you can say, oh, well, you know, if you go back 25 games or whatever, is it, we've only won, you know, 25, 26, whatever it is, we've only won nine. Well, you know, this is, you're talking about the end of the season where your main player was out and there was nothing really to play for, you know, once you lost a couple of games and lost touch. Well, and Ross Barkley was out as yeah. well. You lost you two, essentially, on paper, your best players. The belief kind of drained out, and uh, you just write that season off. Uh, and so to add it on, it's not really... Uh, it's not an exact science. It doesn't really prove anything. So, uh, you know, get back to me at the end of November. That's the first uh, step. And then you think, uh, have we got a problem here? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Picture the scene all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. But Smith is notorious for bad runs. As you said, he, you know, in the last podcast, he's, he's streaky. But he uh, he manages to uh, change the mindset. Uh, I mean, as, as he says, he's, he's pretty consistent and, you know, the ups and the downs. So he doesn't really panic. Fortunately. And as he said, you know, it's not the first time... Uh, We've been in this situation. You know, we stayed up in our first season in the Premier League. In football, you're going to have wins and losses. That happens. It's how you deal with them. My way is to always be consistent and make sure there's no panic and that we're in control. We're determined to put things right. Yeah. And may I may I refer, historically, if you go back to John Gregory's era, 99-2000, Gregory went nine games without a win. I think he lost six of those games. Yeah. And they still ended up finishing the season superbly. They got to a semi-final in the League Cup. They got to the final of the FA Cup and finish the season strongly in the league. You've got to ride it out, man. Let's say uh, the Twitterati control uh, the situation and, uh, you know, Southampton beat Villa five games and they sack him straight after that. If that happened, A, I'd be surprised. It would remind me of Ron Atkinson's departure where you're thinking, hang on a minute. Surely he needs, uh, you know, he's been a decent manager. Surely he deserves a crack of the whip to kind of turn this around. You know, in Ron Atkinson's case, I mean, you know, hang on a minute, we were challenging for the title and then won a cup the next season and then uh, suddenly he's getting fired. Uh, I mean, we did go on a bad, bad run, but uh, it would it would have that kind of feeling about it, that kind of, uh, it's like a surprise, but also uh, it's not like you're not in agreement 100%, you know, he had to go. No, and bearing in mind that season, of course, Little came in, they had a bit of an upturn, but then their form fell off a cliff as well and they only just stayed up. Yeah. Like Atkinson never had them in and around the relegation zone. Yeah, so uh, I'm surprised, but you know, we're having, even having this conversation. It's like uh, you know, it's kind of man up time because your team does go through uh, 
poor periods. I mean, speaking of Southampton game, and this is not a must-win game. I mean, if we got a draw against Southampton, I'd be pretty happy because uh, this is not a team. Even uh, when you consider Southampton, you're thinking, oh, you know, they're contenders for relegation. But when you look at it, they've only lost three games out of ten. They may they're, they're actually a very mid-table they side. They may be fourteenth, uh, but they're one place above us. But they've only lost three games. So uh, when you look at it, they've only won two. That's been their downfall. And when you consider <clears> we've taken their main source of goals out the equation, Danny Ings, you can see that uh, all round they're you know organised, not easy to break down. But the reason why they're drawing a lot of games and perhaps not winning uh, is because Ings is at Villa <laughs> injured. <laughs> Yeah, but they're, they're well drilled. You know, you, you know, this is a side that's gone to Manchester City and kept a clean sheet. There won't be that many sides who do that this year. Yeah, so uh, a weakened Villa team turning up there and uh, and you calling it a must win. Why is it a must win? In terms of stopping the rot, of course it is, but you you would surely you'd want to win every game's a must win. <laughs> you want to win every game. But if, if you get a draw there, you think that's probably part of the course. I'd imagine it'll be a similar game to the game at at uh, St Mary's last year, you know, where we got we nicked the wind, didn't we? But frankly, we didn't deserve to. You know, we kind of it, it was a bit of a kind of yeah, it was a smash and grab. But periods. I mean, that's probably the most I'm expecting from this game. It's a tight game if uh, Villa are determined and uh, show better defensive organisation as a team than in recent games. Uh, then the best we can get is a smash and grab. Which uh, I mean, we were surprised to get away with it last time, weren't we? It wasn't. Oh mate, we we got uh, Southampton battered us, didn't they, in the second half? In the, that game last year, but it was a great, really positive result at the time when Villa were teetering at that point, and that was Villa with Grealish. Yeah, I mean the one one disturbing thing. I mean, obviously uh, James Ward-Prowse uh, has decent set piece delivery, and Villa are uh, fifth in terms of uh, some call it the aggression table, but they've had the joint fourth most amount of yellow cards this season, and, and also a uh, red card on top, uh, level with Leeds actually. So uh, we. I think a lot of that comes from defensive organisation. You know, when you make stupid decisions and silly errors, you end up having to kind of foul your way out of trouble, frankly. Yeah, and uh, it's not like Villa are an aggressive team, as the uh, the stat title suggests. It's more that is probably in discipline and, as you said, making up for uh, errors. So uh, they need to make sure uh, they're not turning it over like that or else they're just going to present this game on a plate to uh, Southampton and play to their strengths. But, I mean, wor- worryingly... Uh, you know, if you look at the complete record across 38 games in the Premier League since football was invented in the Premier League, Southampton have actually won more games against Villa in the head-to-heads, 15 to 14. So that shows you pretty much where we are in the uh, in the landscape nowadays. If Southampton have beaten us more in more games since the Premier League started, it's not as if we can consider ourselves a big, big club nowadays because we've had 10 years of rot and we've got to. Uh, yeah. We need a few good, like, like literally have to string a few good seasons together just to uh, win back our reputation. Yeah, well, I think Southampton have, I think we've beaten them, was it one in the last nine and we've won two of the last 13 since they got promoted back because obviously they went down and down again yeah. since they came back into the Premier League. We haven't been able to lay a glove on them for long periods because we were in decline. So they're looking at this thinking, oh, that's the best chance of three points we've had for a while. <laughs> well, most teams will view Villa at the moment as a bit of a sitting duck because Villa's confidence is on the floor. Yeah, Smith addressed but didn't address dropping Mings. Didn't really, uh, it was very vague what he said. I still thought, considering, I thought it was more of a formation situation that caused the back three, let's say, not to perform. And, you know, Mings is being dragged out to the left because uh, Target isn't tracking back quite quick enough, whether that's the player's fault or it was was part of the... uh, 
how uh, that three five two was organised, and you know, likewise, Konza having to uh, drift out to the right because Cash has stayed up as well. So these are two centre backs who have played very well as a pairing. But in a three, because of the uh, being dragged out of position uh, when we've been caught out on the counter, and, and, and we saw that teams worked us out very quickly after that United and Chelsea games. So I don't, I, you know, I, th- I mean, obviously Mings w- wouldn't be happy about that. But Smith said he made the decision to win a football game, and I just think that is not the. If I want to beat West Ham, that's not the decision I'm making. No, I mean, I would say actually in the first half, especially Konza actually dealt with Antonio quite well. So if that was the tactic, I kind of get it because I know traditionally Mings has always got involved in that sort of rough and tumble and tends to get into trouble when he does. Maybe that was the decision. We, we know we don't know the actual tactical thinking behind that decision, but if it gets a reaction out of Mings this week, so be it. But there are other positions that where we're struggling and you think, well, targets, you know, confidence is on the floor at the moment. Are they going to play Ashley Young over him? Are you just going to have to play him through this period and hope that he comes out the other side? I, I don't know what the decision to that is. Yeah, I would, I would have started with Young against uh, West Ham because uh, it literally cost us the last three games with key incidents. Errors yeah, the penalty yeah. against Arsenal and then two two own goals. Really, they weren't classed as own goals; they were classed as deflections. But in essence, yeah, uh, another defender might have uh, prevented both of those. So uh, that's the man I'd have been dropping one hundred percent. And you know, he may be dropped for this game. To be honest. He may well be. I mean, we don't know if, if there's going to be another sort of tactical shake-up or a selection. The thing is, of course, because of the injury situation we've got or injuries and illness or whatever, our options are limited. I would be tempted to play 3-5-2 <laughs> yeah. if uh, I'd throw Archer up front instead of Ings. It's like uh, considering uh, some of the players out, unless Sanson is at a level where he's uh, he can really start, but... Uh, I don't know. We still have to see him play games to assess him, uh, his ability, and uh, you know our confidence in him. Yeah, I, d- I do hope that the latest international break has come at a good time for us. You'd, you'd probably think it has, to be honest. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. We just need to get through this game and then really get back to the drawing board. Frankly, yeah, because this is not—it's not like a must-win game. It's like to me the situation. Uh, if you know, if you want to get uh, excited about it, it's like we have to pick up points in November. That's how I'm defining it. We're playing Saints, Palace, mm-hmm. Brighton. Now that looks like winnable games, but fact of the matter is, and we'll leave you with this key stat: is those three teams have lost only lost seven games between them this season, while Villa have lost uh, six. So that three teams have lost only one more game than Villa. Now, uh, after Southampton, the games against Brighton and Palace, you're playing two teams that have only lost two, twice in 10 games this season, and only Chelsea and Liverpool have lost less. So these are not walk-in-the-park games. These are tough nuts to crack. I mean, Palace have uh, drawn six. But Vieira's got them organised. And it's a difficult. It's always a difficult place to go. Sellers Park at the best of times. Yeah, and that's what's a lot missing from Villa at the moment. You know how the Saints, Brighton, and Palace are organised, and you could say they're punching above their weight. I mean, each of them have had good results. I mean, you're talking about two teams there have they've done well against Manchester City. They've, they've yeah. taken points, and beaten them, and Brighton uh, also uh, fought back against Liverpool. So these are no schmucks. So uh, they're. I mean, you know, maybe Norwich. And uh, Newcastle are the only games I would expect Villa to turn up at and uh, actually win. So uh, they're going to have to earn earn their place this season. But the thing is, uh, the bottom line is we've just got to get organised because we're looking at like a relegation team at the moment by the amount of goals we're shipping and silly mistakes. Yeah, we need to stop the rot. Simple as and that. And we need to stop the show. So uh, 
fingers crossed we can get something at St Mary's and then we'll join you in a full show as we go into the international break where I hope Aston Villa and Dean Smith uh, find the kind of therapy that's going to uh, turn our season around. Hey, hey. Until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code GLOW. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.